Hello, my friends. Katie Day with the Movement to Texas team, live in Dallas, Texas at the Tom Ferry Success Summit, the Super Bowl of Real Estate Conventions, with another episode of the Real Advice Podcast with Super Coach Smart David, otherwise known as David Caldwell. His his legal name, government name, David Caldwell. What's going on, man? What's up? Can we pretend like we haven't been hanging out for the last couple of days? I would prefer that, actually. Okay. I would prefer that. I would prefer for people to know, not know that I hang out with yeah. you. No, I'm kidding. Um, so what's going on, man? How's your week been so far? It's been good. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I've been coming to these before I was a coach for like 10 years, which I don't think most people know. Okay. Because I've been like the secret agent sitting in the crowd. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> not posting, not sharing. And then you like become this like super coach. You did your Tom X talk did my on Tom X talk, yeah. uh, Tuesday, first yep. day one. Yep, day one. Crushed it. He absolutely Thank crushed you. it. Thank so, you. what I kind of want to talk about with you are the things that you don't talk about because, like, you get like stage time at Tom Ferry. You're on podcasts. You speak a lot as a coach. You do webinars. It's yep. so, like, what are the things that you coach your clients or that you talk to with people that you don't like talk about on on the main stage? Well, not like the trade secrets, but like yeah. you know what I mean. Like, what are the things that, like you're not known for? You know, I don't know. I think um, I'm like I'm pretty open, you know, about sharing. Right? Like, <laughs> You're I don't like, know. Well, I don't know. You stumped me. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's things I don't talk about. I think you know, or maybe that you're not. So this is what I think happens a lot in Tom Ferry is like. You've got your guys. You've got your YouTube guy. You've got yeah. your Instagram girl. You've got your social media guy. Yeah. What are, like, the things that you feel like you're known for and then the things that you think that, like, this is actually my wheelhouse? Yeah. So I'm the Walmart version of Jason Pantana, right? Like, I'm, like, marketing guy number two. But the people that I coach know that marketing, you know, maybe is in, like, my top five skill set. Oh, five. But, yeah, five. No, I, I'm not a marketing coach, yeah. right? Like, I'm... I, I know much more about running an organization and a PL and leadership. I know you had to laugh at PL. Um, leadership and, you know, using sales and marketing to work together. I mean, that's yeah. probably what I work the most on with the teams that I coach is, you know, developing their leadership team into better leaders to support the agents so they can do more yeah. and, and supporting this, the CEO of that business. Um, and then really working with like the sales agents on the team to help drive productivity. And, and most of that just comes from a core belief I have as a coach is that at every level, people underperform their goals because they don't know what to say and they're not saying it enough. Yeah. So it's just really focusing not on like, you know, the old school script book, but on like the proactive conversation about how's the market, which that is what I talk about a lot on podcasts and on stage. But that's what I talk about a lot on coaching calls because it, it's what moves the needles too. So well, those are conversations you need to be having. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that was like a lot of your talk was like you know a lot of people do great of like engaging on social media and like putting out content and doing these things, right? Yeah. You had a client that you know you were talking to on a regular basis, and then they tell you they're selling their home, and you're like, shit. Yeah, like I clearly messed up here, right? Yeah. Um. So I mean, those are the, those market conversations and those those um, specific conversations I think are important. And it's not like you were like, let's sell, let's sell, let's sell, or let's whatever, but like having those conversations about what's happening and really being the yeah. educator, I think is important. Totally. Yeah. I, I'm really big on like the advisor hat. Yeah. I right? like, this is an advisory business. Yeah. And if we take cues from other advisory business, like, um, Financial advising. Yeah. Like, that's the big one, right? Half the financial advising industry got wiped out by technology. We have yet to be wiped out by technology. I don't think we ever will. Um, but, but there's we, still some, some Yeah, but there's some, there's, some, there's some similarities. You know, the best financial advisors 
they're just the ones that interact with their consumer. Yeah. Right. And the, the financial advisors that couldn't make it, that got replaced by technology are the ones that didn't talk to their clients. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't really sound that hard when you break it down that simple. No. Well, and I think, you know, like when you, like one of the things, the points I was trying to make in my, in my Tom X talk, right? Like one of the first things I talked about is here's why you won't do it. Cause, and I think what I said first was it's not complex. Yeah. Right. Like there, there's a lot of, um, people trying to make this job so complex when really it's just a people business where you talk, even coaching, right? I think sometimes, you know, a lot of the coaches feel like they have to show up a certain way to the coaching call. And sometimes a coaching call, you could just say, well, what's on your mind and go and like triage. And those are sometimes the best coaching yeah. calls versus like these big production coaching calls, these new huge ideas where we have to completely change our business. Yeah. Well, and I think that like, um, yeah, sometimes those calls where it's just like you're moving the needle forward a little bit. Yeah. Like not this like let's let's break it down and rebuild it today. You know, yeah. you very rarely do that anyways, right? No. Yeah, I mean I like another like coaching filter if we if I if I keep my coaching hat on, like I coach everything through this idea of like the novice to mastery journey. So the novice to mastery journey, you just have to get started and a lot of people feel like they have to start you know, if there's 10 levels at level four, yeah. but it's okay to start at level one. Yeah. And then next week you could be at level four. Maybe you get stuck at level four for a couple of weeks and then you can jump ahead to level six. But too many people, they try to start off at these advanced levels and it keeps them from executing. Where if you just get started, you can go through the journey, find the holes, fix them and get better over time. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, I wanted to have like a list of questions to like try to stump you, yeah. but I've been in back-to-back podcasts, yeah. so I didn't come up with a list. Okay. And I know also like for how often we talk, I'm just like, we can spitball for a little while. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, I don't know, um, are those new shoes? Yeah. These are new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> these are, um, these are like my cool person shoes. Yeah. Like yours. Yeah. Yeah. We basically, yeah. they match. They were basically the same. They match. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to come out to Portland so we can go to the Nike store. Yeah. Yeah. The Nike employee store. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you feel like are th- like some threats to real estate right now? Well, I think the, the big threat to the industry right now, to the average agent, if I think about like the teams I coach and the average team member, yeah. if we were speaking to them, it's the, the misunderstanding of the market in general, yeah. right? Like most agents can't tell you the average sales price of the market or 12 month rate of appreciation. So they can't answer the question of how's the market other than through their personal feelings, which might be really fucked up, yeah. right? Uh, they might be really biased versus taking an intelligent look at the market. I think that's one. I, I think the other one is as motivation gets sucked out of the market, that there is going to be transaction timelines that really extend and transactions are going to get harder. And as transaction timelines extend because of a lack of motivation, it's going to really impact the average agent's income or team's bottom line. Um, I, I think that's the, the second biggest thing I'm working on helping people understand right now is how to keep motivation in a transaction. Um, we've all had a shortage of standing inventory, but most markets have experienced more available transactions. Yep. You know, if you look around the country, we sold more houses, not less. We just didn't have as much standing inventory. So as we shift back where there's less transactions, yeah. right, we have to know how to talk about the market and keep motivation and transaction or people are just going to get less. And I also think the last couple of years, it became really simple. And people, since a lot of 
agents sensationalized what they did, and they might not <laughs> be able to get the same result yeah. this year. What um. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier was knowing the market and like being, you know, like when someone asks you how's the market, like being able to, to give that information, right? And I think like I know you study the market a ton and you look at what's happening now, but also what happened last year, what happened the year before. A lot of your reports and things yeah. on Insta are like five years back of like, yeah. hey, here's what's happening. We're this trying is to show why, normal. That, this is why like it's still the same or this yeah. is why it's slightly different or whatever, yeah. right? And like you're a very analytical person. So like for an average agent. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, average price point. You mentioned 12-month appreciation over yeah. the past 12 months, last 12 months, or yeah. annual appreciation, which, whichever, yeah. right? Yeah. Both both are good points. Yeah. What would be other things that they should look to for market data? Yeah. So, so like Easy places to start, I so guess. So let me, let me dispose the being analytical thing. I actually, I'm, I'm becoming more analytical as I get older, but I don't discount very high on my C. But... What I realized a long time ago is that people that have a lot of wealth speak the language of finance. And if you want to be someone who has a lot of wealth, you need to be able to understand numbers and you need to be able to speak basically financial language is really important. And, you know, um, success leaves clues. Well, so does history. Right. So what I'm looking at in the marketplace is just like really basic. What's happening with the average sales price? What's happening with new listings? Okay. Are they increasing? Are they going up or down? What's happening with pending sales? Are they going up or down? Um, the da- we're looking at the data available to us in the MLS, yeah. right? Like our our MLS, we're really lucky. They show us how many showings are happening on a on a That's daily cool. and weekly basis. So we're just measuring the change on a year over year. Over a year. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we go back so we can so we can create comparisons. Um, but we're just we're what we're doing is we're just trying to find the story by looking at the data. And if you look at the data a lot, you're going to find the story. You know, yeah. if, if you if you're someone who wants to learn about the real estate market, like every quarter there's earnings calls from publicly traded companies. Yep. If you go listen to those calls, you're going to start identifying trends. The the first couple of calls you listen to, you might be like, "What the fuck am I listening to?" But after a year or two, like you'll be able to identify, you know, industry leaders, trends, etc. Sometimes I feel like, though, what are your thoughts on, you know, most earnings calls are like, you know, the CEO or whoever founder. No one ever, like, no one ever says anything bad in their earnings call. The, the, right? You know because, exactly where I was going. <laughs> yeah. But if you listen to the end, you know, sometimes mature companies, the analysts that they have on or the companies investing in them, sometimes those analysts will ask very tough questions yeah, and okay. you can't hide from them. Uh, younger companies, they never have tough analysts on. They just have people that give them pats on the back, yeah. right? Um, but, but mature companies, uh, a Zillow, a Remax, you know, companies that are, have been around for a long time, yeah. they'll get tough questions. Uh, with the things going on with Compass right now, they'll likely get some tough questions of because they have people that have, you know, lost money on that stock. And yeah. hey, how are you going to turn this around? Because they're trying to figure out, you know, is this something I hold? Is this something I get rid yeah. of? You know, what happens? So. No, and that's because that's like, you know, I feel like every earnings call, you know, especially the over, hype, the, especially over the, the past year, it's the right? Hype, it's the hype squad. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, sure. we had another great quarter, y'all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know. Um, okay. Well, I like that. I think that, you know, being able to look at the historical data is important, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that we now on a week to week basis, like I've been, I've been, I remember back in 2020 when Tom was like, you should do a weekly market update. 
Yeah. So I started doing a video every single week. So every single week I was looking at the numbers. And like yeah. now I know like where we stand on listings. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, last year we were at, you know, now we're at 20, 24,000, I think, yeah. active listings on the market. And that's like double where we were, you know, yeah. and it's like watching those numbers just by seeing every single week, you know. Totally. And I think one thing that's really under underappreciated in this task for the average agent is how much more confident they feel going into appointments. Oh, so much. How conversion increases, you know. I think it's funny because we were having a conversation today about like commission compression, but the reality is, is that most people interview one agent. Yeah. So we're negotiating against ourselves, right? Because yeah. we're, because either we're coming from a place of scarcity or maybe we're not a very good negotiator. Yeah. You know, um, but the reality is most people that are taking discounts on their commission, they're just negotiating against themselves. I mean, that, that's what the, the numbers would suggest. Yeah. So. But the other guy said, You'd do it for less. Sure. But most of the time, there is no <laughs> there other is guy. There is no other guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a good tip. Write that down. Yeah. There is no other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Most And look, like I, when I interview against other people, because I'm still selling too, like my whole thing during COVID was, or the housing shortage, if you're interviewing multiple agents, you're probably interviewing some of my friends. Yeah. And we're all going to get you multiple offers. We're yeah. all going to do professional photography. We're all going to do basically the same things. But here's the things that I do really well. Yeah. Right? Here's the thing that my team does exceptionally well. This is how we're slight. Yeah. Yeah. And and what it, all of that happened is we just had a different listing presentation than everybody else. And we weren't taking credit for the market when other agents we knew were sitting in the appointment taking credit this for the market. This is what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, everyone's going to do it. Yeah. Everyone's going to do that. Um, which is very true. And now that like the market's shifting and things are changing and we're not yeah. seeing that in every price point and on every house, it's yeah. like, you know, what are they saying? Um, you mentioned something earlier about like wealthy people and numbers yeah, and finance. Speak the language of finance. Yeah. yeah. Numbers. Numbers yeah, are finance. Numbers. Numbers yeah. is finance. Yeah. No, but like you mentioned that earlier. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that we've talked about too is like increasing that average price point. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and like I know you've, you've, adjusted some of the things that you do marketing wise and the team does marketing wise, what would be some things that you would give like some tactical tips of like, I want to increase my average price point. It's sitting at four fifty today. Yeah. How, how do I do it? One, you have to first look at like, what's the available opportunity in your market yeah. for higher price point properties as do an they example. Exist? Yeah. Do they <laughs> exist? Do they sell? Is that something that we want to take on? Yeah. Like my team's goal in Portland has always been to be about 20% above the market average. Okay. And why is that? Well, that's a move up. Right. Well, and that's also like a safe, it's safe. higher price point. Totally. It, it's safe. Like the agents like it. You know, it's like a little bit of a flex. Like the market's 600000 or 800000 Well, we don't buy leads in areas that have the average sales price, as an example. We don't market uh, for new opportunities in those areas. So I, I think tactically, you have to look at the opportunity that's available yeah. for you and then decide how to invest you know, time and financial resources. And, you know, the, if, if someone has a $5 million house and they go to my website, my team website, they're not going to see $5 million house sales and they're probably not going to list with me. So as we've even tried to go into like the luxury market in Portland, we've actually had to like kind of take even a different path with a different website, right? That is telling a different story or showing a different side of our competency and what we talk about. And I think that, you know, my team, we've just we've never tried to be all things to all people. We've always known yeah. who we were. Yeah. But we want to sell a hundred thousand dollar lot, and if we could, a hundred million dollar property. <laughs> we never will. All in the same month. Yeah, we never <laughs> will. But but that's always been that's always been the goal. But I think you know simple things you can do is like 
you know, find a marketplace that you can, you know, Jason and I were talking in the back today. He had a really cool slide that had like a dome over a city. And, you know, I talk to people all the time about like draw a radius in the community that you want to work in a one mile radius or two mile radius from a school and just go hard there. Yeah. Right. Google actually still lets you just show ads within that circle. I could do open houses just in that circle. I could call expireds just in that circle. I could, you know, buy leads or whatever, just in that circle. I can make videos on businesses just in that circle. And if within that circle are those properties, you're probably going to increase your opportunity to yeah. do high-end high business. Yeah. You don't so. have to go wide and try to do it all. No, I, I think when people go wide, they just, they dilute their impressions. Yeah. Right. If you go too big, there's too many people trying to do it too. And it's really simple to get lost. It's so easy to get lost. But going against your own advice, how many mailers did you send out for your home equity review? 15,000. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like is such, I remember when you told me like the idea of like, yeah. I think I'm going to send this too. And I thought you meant 1500 and you're like, no, yeah. 15,000. Yeah. Yeah, I sent 15,000 mailers out, probably half of which I'd never even done marketing in that area. Yeah. And um, like I'm a tester. We talk about yeah. that. Like I like to test things. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do a postcard that doesn't look like the average postcard you saw. It. Like most people that saw it are like, that, there's too many words. But there was a really clear call to action. You knew exactly what you were going to get yeah. if you signed up. Well, we had seven people sign up out of 15,000, which a lot of people would say, like, oh, that doesn't sound like success. I think we're going to convert at least half of those people, three to four, in, like, the first 30-day period. Well, our average commission is 18000 bucks, right? Like, yeah. a $6,000 mailer. And That's what I was like, what was, yeah. It, it's going to be incredibly ROI positive. And a lot of people are like, well you know, would, will that work? And my thought was, well, with 6,000 bucks, I can send out 15,000 once, or I can send out, what well, was that, like 1,500, 12 times, or? But wait, 16, 16, or 15,000 make 18 grand times three or four. Yeah. So then like, what Plus if I'll you, get buy sides, plus the, I'll get open house visitors, plus I'll get sign calls. But then, no, but here's the thing then too, is like, well, then what if you hit them again? How many would you get maybe on that second time? Totally. Is it, instead of and seven, I'm, is it 14? And I'm going to, right? You know? Because, because I, I can't at first, it was, I was a little nervous to, you know, spend that kind of money on a postcard mailing. Yeah. Um, but I think that. You're not it, Andy C. What are you doing? Yeah. At, but at volume, it works. Yeah. Right. And if you look at the big farmers, it's at volume that it works. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, that's epic. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Um, what would, I feel like, you know, there's already questions I've asked you. So if I ask you questions, like they've already heard it because yeah. they've clearly already listened to your podcast number one. Um, what would be, if you could only do one thing for marketing for the rest of your career, because you do, you do it all. Like you do yeah. YouTube, you actually put out YouTubes, you do yeah. ads, you do Instagram, yeah. you do shorts, you do TikTok or yeah. not TikTok, you know, reels. Direct so, mail. so if I could only do one yeah. form of paid adver like one, one form, form of paid of like, advertising yeah. or one form of marketing, both you can have one of each, one marketing and one advertising for the rest of your career. It's it's so hard. I mean, you know, if you look at like high probability, I would take like a non forced website registration that I got through like PPC, and what's okay. that? Basically, it's Zillow. Right. Or okay. if you could, if you could create something like that, like what Jason was talking about today, you know, but someone goes to my website and I'm not forcing them to, 
to register because that's a really high intent lead because um, they're searching for something and then I'm not making them do something. They're doing it because they want they to. They want to. So for paid, it would be that. And um, I mean, I'm really high on like my home equity review idea. I would probably okay. do that for like the non-paid advertising. Okay. You know, um, uh, there was a panel today with Andy C, since you brought him up, uh, DJ DeSella and Lindsay and Tim Smith. And all those guys probably have, what, a million-dollar marketing budget? Easy. But are, but are their businesses prospecting-based marketing enhanced or marketing-based prospecting enhanced? Prospecting-based marketing They're enhanced. all prospecting-based businesses. Yeah. And I wanted so bad to go up to the mic and cut in front of people, <laughs> being like, Andy, what color are your eyes? Um, or like, <laughs> just walk up to Tom and be like, will you ans- ask this question, please? Yeah. You know, as a coach. But... Um, something that's going to like put me voice to voice faster with the consumer is what I'm always going to choose. Yeah. The biggest businesses in real estate, that's what they're centered around. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you so much. You know this. If someone does not already follow you on social media, where's the best place for them yeah, to find you? I'm desperate for followers. Vanity Play. What is your Instagram username? Yeah, David C. Caldwell. All right. So please go follow. If you ever want to watch this podcast or listen to this podcast again, you need to follow him so that we can continue to make podcasts like these. Please. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> All right. All right.